We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's rapid fire time. Are you ready for it? Oh, yeah. We went so quick, it's already rapid fire time. <laughs> I know. That's right. That's right. So let's start with this. What record does Notre Dame need to end up with at the end of the season for this to feel like a successful end after an 0-2 start? Uh, for me, I think after starting 0-2, a successful season uh, would look in the realms of kind of the 8-4 and record. You know, maybe even... Uh, a uh, nine and four record after pulling off um, uh, a bull win. You know, obviously you always want to end the season with a bull win, but I think a, a regular season uh, finale, I think that they should get eight wins and then get their ninth win with a bowl game. And I would consider that um, a successful season. And I think if you want to get real particular, uh, a, a super successful season would be hitting double digit wins again. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Obviously if you can get to double digit wins, then, then that does it. I think, I think minimal, like if you can get to eight and four from where you are right now after starting off 0-2, if you can get to eight and four in the regular season and then you are in a bowl game and you end up with a nine and four record, I think that would be pretty good because, I mean, BYU lost last week, but I just, there are not going to be many games, I think, and I think you can you can say this after losing to Marshall, there are not going to be many games that you can look at on the schedule and go, that's a given. There, there, there just aren't too many at this point. And so I think if you get to eight and four and you have a chance to win a bowl game at the end of the season, then you can feel pretty good about it. Now, you know, because like we've got some people chiming in. Eight is realistic, seven understandable, six, there are big issues. And I would I would probably agree with what Stymie said. Yeah, right I like there. that assessment. Yeah, yeah. Six, there are big issues. And they've got to be an above 500 team, I think. You know, like like he's probably right, even seven at this point, because BYU is not going to be a pushover, and then you've got Clemson and you've got USC. So those three right there, if, you know, if, if you can't win two of those three, then you're automatically looking at seven and five at best and that is assuming that you don't slip up again the rest of the way so you know again because there are still enough issues with this team and you're going to see a really good offense coming up 
this weekend. So I think you get to eight and four, go to a bowl game, you're feeling pretty good at the end of the season after the way it started. Yeah, let me uh, let me throw this question back at you. If no, would a you know USC? I haven't seen the new poll, but last time I saw last week they were ranked seventh already, which is you know kind of crazy. First of all, do you trade? Assuming USC does what they're supposed to the rest of the season, will you trade a loss to Marshall <laughs> for beating USC on the back end? And and what would be USC's kind of you know this is their comeback year. This is a big year for them, you know. And then I I think. I think I would trade that. I would trade beating USC because they're at home this year again. USC comes yep. to, to South Bend. It's gonna be a big game. Obviously. No, no, no. It's it's in LA. It's in oh, LA. It's in LA. Sorry. Yeah. I get. I got Stanford. The Stanford mixed up. I think they yeah. always rotate. Um. Right. So to go to USC, beat them, beat them. You know, Lincoln Riley, all these transfers. They're highly ranked. I would trade that uh, for the loss against Marshall. What about? Oh, you? in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, because, you know, because then again, you can, you can, if you, especially, you know, like if you're, if you're not talking about, you're like a, a 500 team and you knock off USC at the end of the, no matter what though, if you finish the season beating USC, the regular season, you're feeling good. Even if you did happen to be a 500 team, but you know, again, you, you, Marshall is game two, and then you've got everything building up to that. So, so right now, the mission of Marcus Freeman in this team is to prove that they can be better, a little bit better every week and, and build up to something at the end of the season. So no doubt about it. If, if you beat USC at the end of the season, it completely – now, not for everyone, it's not going to completely erase the sting of Marshall <laughs> because then people are going to be saying, well, we beat USC. If we could have only beaten Marshall, we should have beaten – you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Growing pains. You're absolutely right, but yeah, I, I think that uh, I think you beat USC at this point, and at least like like going into the season, team. going into the season, that's not a trade off that you would have taken. But where you are right now, you've already lost to Marshall. That's a definite trade off that I would take. Okay. Do you agree? No, yeah, I agree. I, I think it, it takes at least half of that Marshall sting away. No matter, yeah. like, if you win, no matter what your final season record is. And you beat USC. I think it takes away half the sting of everything, and that's uh, assuming USC is right. ranked high. And they're, you know, they're, 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 there's some serious things on the line for them on the back end as well. It's a nice bomb to slap on it at the yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day. Little uh, little bomb to slap on there. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. Fill in the blank. Since we're on the subject of Marshall, Marshall losing to Bowling Green Saturday is blank. Uh, Marshall losing to Bowling Green on Saturday is hilarious for a couple of reasons. I have a lot of <laughs> friends that went to Bowling Green, and immediately I was getting calls because it was homecoming weekend down at Bowling Green, so a lot of my friends were there. I was immediately getting calls that Bowling Green is better than Notre Dame by you know the transitive property. Marshall beat you know, Marshall beat Notre Dame. Bowling Green beat Marshall. Therefore, Bowling Green is better than Notre Dame. So. I thought it was kind of funny, especially last week we talked about, like, who does Marshall have left on their schedule? That might be a hiccup. Definitely wasn't going to be Bowling Green, in my opinion. Um, So it's just quite comical. And, of course, it happens the week after, you know, Notre Dame loses to Marshall. So to me at this point, the Marshall loss is just even more inexcusable. And it, it kind of made that even more painful, in my opinion. And that's, you know, like you say, it's hilarious. It's it's more embarrassing now when you look at it. The fact that – okay. Because you're going, okay, you know, coming out of it, all everyone wanted to talk about was the 24 transfers that Marshall had and all this stuff that Huff had put together. And he's, you know, showing what a great coach he is and, you know, all this different stuff. And then you flip it around and they lay a huge egg to Bowling Green the next week. They can't even, they can't even keep it going one more week. And it just, it really stings now if you're Notre Dame to say that that's the egg that you laid and then you turn around the next week, you lay that egg and then that team can't even go on and win the next week. I mean, it like, it's like back to the Tyrone Willingham era and and I'm not, you know, or, or Charlie Weiss or whoever where, you know, it's like you're losing these games and then the teams that knock you off aren't even proving themselves to be legitimate teams themselves. You're just losing these games to random team. So, you know, again, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Now, if you're Marcus Freeman and you're Notre Dame, you have to show that that's not who we really were, that we had some issues when we played Marshall, but now they have to show that they can be a better team, a little bit better week after week as this season progresses. Because to, you know, again, it's like, it's one thing if you're going to lose to Cincinnati last year and then Cincinnati runs the table and goes to the college football playoff. And we you know we were talking about last week could Marshall be this year's Cincinnati and the schedule sure seemed to set itself up like maybe that's what they exactly could be. But they're not. They're they're just another team and and that's what they turned out to be. So it's just uh it stinks. It stinks. <laughs> Very stinky. Yes. Does winning Saturday wearing the green jerseys Jesse, do you think that it ends the green jerseys are bad luck talk that we hear so much of? It's crazy that this is even a, like a conversation focal point because I had a buddy text me right before the game. He said, oh, no, name's wearing green. You know what that means? They're going to lose. And it's like, <laughs> how do you even know about that? Like, you're not even a fan. What, like, I just can't believe that people associate green jerseys with losing. I'm hoping that it kind of cleared that air. It's never really about the jerseys themselves. Obviously, the players have to play and, you know, all the other stuff. Um, but I, I I think it's cleared or maybe made some people feel a little bit more easy that the green jerseys aren't bad luck, in fact, and that they are just jerseys. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that it, it calms some of these these un, this uneasiness about the green jerseys because I love the green jerseys. And I wish that they would wear them multiple times a season. 
I, I, I do too. I wish that they would wear them at least once a season. It has been four years since they last wore the green jersey prior to, to Saturday. You had to go all the way back to senior day in 2018, almost four full years. But they've won five consecutive games wearing the green jerseys. I've never known how they were the best. And it's like, you know, the main thing, I think the issue was, is that they always, when they would wear them back, you know, o- over the past few years, they would always use them in the big games. So they would lose right. in the big games. And then it became controversial with the green where the issue is just, no, it was a good opponent. And they wore the green jerseys just as like kind of like a promotional thing to get even more fans there because it was a big game. Yeah. When you're, when you're, in 2007 and you decide to break out the 1977 greens and you're playing USC well yeah you're gonna get railroaded wearing those greens it's like you can wear all the green you want but it's not gonna be a good day but like you go back to 2002 when they decided to bust them out against Boston College and they you know laid a huge egg in that one that was really the beginning of the end for Tyrone Willingham, you know, even though it took a couple more seasons, obviously, but you know, things started to, to backslide at the end of that year. Here's so 2018, they warm against Florida State and won. 2016, they warm against Army and San Antonio and won. 2015, they warm in Boston at and at, at Fenway, Boston College, and won. 2011, they wore them against Maryland and won in Washington, D.C. Now Here's my question, because 2011, they had white jerseys, but green numbers when they lost at Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. So does that count? Does that count as a green jersey game if they're yeah. wearing white with green numbers? Primary color has to be green. Okay, because I saw someone else do kind of an accounting of, you know, here's all the games, you know, here's here's the last however many games that they did it. Because remember in 2013, when they played in the Shamrock Series game down in Arlington, Arizona State, you and I were at that game. They were the, the all-white uniforms, some of the best Shamrock Series uniforms they've ever worn with the gold helmet and the, you know, the green outline of the Shamrock and all that stuff. But... So it was white uniforms, gold numbers, but all the trim was in green as well, and they won that game because I saw someone count the 2011 loss at Michigan with white jerseys counting against the green tally. But if you count that, then you've also got to count the Shamrock Series in 2013 as a win because even though they were white uniforms, the green was still really prominent. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree with that logic. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're in on that. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think you can count I don't think when they're wearing the white as the green. I'd like to see them I think it would be cool if they, you know, like for the road uniforms, if they just went to green all the time for the numbers. I think that that would be a cooler look with what they're doing. Yeah, I just as you know how much I enjoy the green. If they can find yeah. a way to sprinkle in it as much as possible, I think that that's the best way to go. And yeah, the green face mask with the nice gold helmet is always a good look. It's we're good. Nineteen ninety two Sugar Bowl before your time, Jesse. But the Jerome Bettis game against uh, the Florida Gators when they came out with the uh, the white uniforms and the green numbers. 
I love it. I love the green. I, I've said before, I wish they would just do it once a year. Do what they did against Cal. Going into a season, you pick a game that doesn't necessarily have a lot of juice otherwise, and you say, this is going to be the green jersey game, and everyone wears green. I think it's I think it's good. I love it. I'd have to agree. All right. NFL, which 0-2 team has the most hope this season to turn it around? The Bengals, the Titans, the Raiders, the Panthers, or the Falcons? Uh, to me, this quickly came down to two teams, and that's the Raiders and the Bengals. Um, and I'm going to have to go with, I think the Raiders have a better chance. The Bengals lost uh, to Mitch Trubisky and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then they turn around and lost to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. Not great quarterbacks. Their <laughs> offensive line still stinks. Burrow's getting sacked six to seven times per game uh, on average still this season in just two games. Um, and the Raiders honestly lost two close games to two very good teams. They lost to the Chargers by five and then blew that lead against the Cardinals and lost in overtime. Um, so I, I like the Raiders. I think they have a more formidable team. Um, I, I like that you know they have an offensive line. Uh, They have Devontae Adams. They have a good run game. Not to say that the Bengals don't have those things. Um, I just think the Bengals' offensive line is still an issue, and you can't do a lot when you don't have an offensive line. Well, they got to the Super Bowl without an offensive line last year. Yeah, but Burrow to have his appendix taken out over the offseason. He had all different kinds of stuff. You know, there's just when a guy, when a quarterback got hit that many times, and then he goes into the offseason and has a pretty serious surgery. And then he's getting sacked seven times per game the next, you know, the following season. It's just not good things. That's not not winning football. Yeah, I, But yeah. the Bengals play in an easier division. So I think that also has to be weighed into it because the Raiders play in a juggernaut of a division. And that's, that's the thing. The Raiders play in the toughest division of that group. And they also have Josh McDaniels as their head coach. And if they didn't have Josh McDaniels as their head coach, I would give them a lot more hope. But they have him, and I don't think he's a good head coach. He got another opportunity. We talked last week about being promoted to your level of incompetence, and I think Josh McDaniels has found his way back there. Uh, you know, he was not a good head coach the first time in Denver, and I don't believe, just like most Bill Belichick assistants, I don't believe that it's going to work out for him. I think that there's a lot of talent. I like Derek Carr. I just, I, I just, I, I, I have no faith in Josh McDaniels. The Bengals, I think, are the best team. But like you said, like where they are, they're essentially where they were, where they were a year ago when when they decided to draft Jamar Chase instead of an offensive lineman. They still have no offensive lineman. You've got one of the best young quarterbacks and best wide receivers in, in the best combination of those two in the NFL, but you still have no offensive line. The Titans are an interesting one to me. And yeah, good. Well, but they also play in the worst division of this group. I mean, you know, we were sitting here, Vince and I, yesterday ripping on Frank Reich, and I really I really question Frank Reich as a head coach just based on the fact that he's found a way to lose to Jacksonville every year. No matter what he's got, no matter who his quarterback is, you know, granted he's had these older quarterbacks at the end of their prime with Rivers and Ryan but he also advocated for bringing in Carson Wentz. I give the Titans a chance just because they play in that division. They can be, I guess you can't be 500 anymore. They'll probably win that division with a 7-9 record. I like the Bengals out of that whole group just because 
I, I think it's more manageable for them, and they've got the best collection of talent. You still got to figure out a way to protect Joe Burrow somehow, but that's yes. who I like. Somehow. Yeah. It's crazy. I think I saw the, they're going through it uh, during the Cowboys game. I'm pretty sure that the Bengals had, of their starting Super Bowl offensive line, four. there's only one guy that remained the same. They replaced four guys, and they still have issues. Here's a question for you. Would you rather have season tickets to your favorite team's games for the next three years or tickets to the next three Super Bowls? You can basically have season tickets to your favorite team's games for three years or Super Bowl tickets for the next three years. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite team for three years. That is, let's see here, uh, 17... 34, that's 51 games compared to three games. If my team isn't in the Super Bowl, I really don't – like, I care, but I don't care. And so to say I could go to 51 Cowboys games over three Super Bowls that I might not care about, I think I'm taking the, the 51 games every day of the week. Super Bowl tickets are hard to get, though. You know, it's like you've never been to a Super Bowl. You've at least been to a Cowboys game before. Yeah, I'll splurge that dough, though, when the Cowboys <laughs> make it eventually. Then I can knock it both out. Yeah, see, I lean toward the Super Bowl tickets because the resale for the Super Bowl tickets, because of how hard the Super Bowl tickets are to get, you know, I figure uh, I can go to one Super Bowl, so I can cross that off the bucket list. You know, I can at least go to the Super Bowl once, and then I sell the next ones, you know, the next two Super Bowls, and I've probably, you know, I've made a pretty good chunk of money by selling those two. (laughs) But at the same time, it's it it is it is attractive to have this the season tickets because that's you know that's something that you that, that that doesn't come along very often either. I think I lean toward the Super Bowl tickets though because of why I could get out of them in the back end. That makes sense. You could you could go to one Super Bowl, sell the tickets, and then buy maybe a, a full season of regular season tickets for another team. So you might you, See, could, you could pull it off. Like Salty says season tickets, you know, and it would be like one thing. If we lived in Dallas and, you know, you could, you, you were actually there, but that's a lot of travel to try to get there for all those games as well. That's a lot of travel. And you got to, you know, factor in, you're probably not going to sit there the whole game without drinking one beer, having one hot dog, having popcorn. <laughs> exactly right. So to buy all of that, every game, it adds up, you know, that's parking, exactly right. there's a lot of other things that go into it. Here's a quote from Peyton Manning. Quote, I'm the offensive coordinator on my son's sixth grade football team. We got beat in OT on Saturday. A couple of my players asked me why I ran the ball so much in the red zone. I think coaching in my future is also out because hearing that from a couple of sixth graders was tough. End quote from Peyton Manning. So Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning is getting chirped at by his sixth grade Team, Jess, you coached Little League Baseball over the summer. Did you get second-guessed on your decisions by your Little League Baseball guys and girls? Yeah, it, it was funny because, there, you know, there's at the, I was coaching at the age 7-9, coach pitch, um, not a lot of, you know, a whole lot of talent quite yet, developing a lot of talent. Um, but it's just so – it's funny because they will be like, well, why are we doing this? Or are you sure we want to do that? And – I think the best question I got was, 
I had another coach on my team. I've told you about him before. He he wasn't a super nice guy, but not really all there baseball wise. Wasn't really <laughs> super helpful of a coach. And one day I had a player come up to me. This was before practice, and he said, "Who's better, you or Coach David?" Was his name. And I said, I said, "Well, what do you think? I, I like have uh, you seen us out here?" And then he said, "Well, let's see." And then he he threw me batting practice, and I launched this ball like into the street probably like at least 250 feet away and his jaw was dropped and he said yeah i think you're better at this point i said well you might (laughs) want to start listening to what i have to say after i just tanked that ball all the way out there Um, so i it was all good fun and i think that's the going back to the the peyton manning thing it's just you know when when something's not successful or something you know they're not successful right away the immediate response is to kind of question them I get what Peyton was doing. He didn't want to turn that ball over in the red zone. He just That's wanted right. to pound it in there. Um, so it's it's all good fun. And I think that uh, I think that you know, no matter what, especially at that kind of young of age, no matter what you do, everything's going to kind of be second guessed, and you just kind of have to roll with it. Which I'm I'm assuming is that's exactly what Peyton did. Doesn't matter what level of coaching you're at. It doesn't matter who you're coaching. You're always going to be second guessed by somebody. That is the name of the game. And even Peyton Manning found that out. I, I just I thought I thought that was pretty funny that Peyton Manning is out there getting second. Most of those guys probably don't even know who he is. They just see him as this big, tall drink of water out there coaching him. They have no idea probably that they're being coached by a Hall of Fame quarterback out there. Speaking of though, did you see uh, the thirty for thirty with uh, Eli where he went to Penn State undercover? I did. Not a lot it? of people knew who he was. What was it, Chad something? Chad Powers. Chad Powers. I just saw that and they this put afternoon. On this makeup and they did all this long-haired wig. He looked like he was like a throwback into the seventies. He went to a walk-on tryout at Penn State University, and I'm wondering, like, it looked like the players didn't know who he was. I'm wondering, like, like the most- James Franklin. Did James Franklin know? Yeah, so like they met beforehand. So James okay. Franklin knew about it, but he was really the only person. I wanted to know, like, because there was a guy that was working out the quarterbacks the whole time. And I want to know if he genuinely didn't know it was Eli because he kept making these comments about, wow, like, look at that. He's getting the ball out. Like, look at the footwork. Look at the ball. Like, all this stuff. And it's like, did you really think just a walk on showed up? You know, it's like, and it wasn't like Eli was playing at an amateur level. He was going out there. He was like, zipping it. That's yeah, right. he was zipping the thing. And so, I would genuinely, I would genuinely be curious of like who knew and who didn't because I think it would be funny to 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 you know get one over on some of those guys. It's like how yep. do you? I to me the Mannings, no matter what you do, like their face and nose is just like immediate giveaway in their foreheads. Like that's it's, true. It's they, they showed a profile. To recognize them. They showed a profile of Eli, and that was he's got a much much uh much beakier nose let's put it that way than what i thought that that he had it was very distinct that's for sure (laughs) all right well that is going to do it for tonight appreciate you coming on and uh, joining us here tonight be sure to uh, hit the like button subscribe rate review all that great stuff we'll have a mailbag show coming up tomorrow plenty more shows of course coming up across the rest of the week jesse will be back Thursday. And when he comes back Thursday, we'll talk about some specific Notre Dame, North Carolina stuff, things to look forward to in that Notre Dame, North Carolina matchup. And of course, we've got IB countdown to kick off Saturday morning. Vince and I will have it at 10 o'clock Saturday prior to Notre Dame and North Carolina. And it is a 3.30 kickoff this Saturday Uh as well. 
when Notre Dame travels to North Carolina. Are they doing uh, – is, is turn back the clock coming soon? Because that seems weird. They're going to start the game later, and it's getting darker earlier. So it's going to be even darker during that game. Yeah, that's that, we're, we're like a month away from daylight saving time. So All right. I, think, I think it's because it's – I don't. I can't remember if it's ABC or ESPN off the top of my head oh, right okay. now. But, yeah, so you basically – It's a road a, game. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a different network involved. That's that's all. All, all right, right Jess. Well, great stuff. I'll talk to you later this week. Sounds good. See you guys on Thursday. All right. Sounds good. IB Nation Sports Talk.